Good morning. Welcome to Church Matters, a place where we ask questions about the life of the church at home, across the street, and around the world. This program is brought to you by Mennonite Church Canada. My name is Dan Dick. And my name is Janet Plennert. And we are the hosts of Church Matters. Our scripture text for today is from Matthew 18. About this time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus called a child over and had the child stand near him. Then he said, I promise you this, if you don't change and become like a child, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. But if you are as humble as this child, you are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And when you welcome one of these children because of me, you welcome me. Thanks, Janet, for that scripture reflection. Today we're going to talk about kids and communion in the church. In a few minutes, we will be joined by Elsie Rempel. Elsie is the Director of Christian Education and Nurture for Mennonite Church Canada. She is a former teacher, a parent, and a grandparent. She's been studying and learning about how churches can help children feel included in communion. But first, we're going to hear the song, Calling the Children Home, performed here by the Backroads Band. Those lives were mine, to love and cherish, to guide and guard along life's way. Oh, God forbid that one should perish. That one of these should go astray Back through the years When all together Around the place We'd romp and play So lonely I oft times wonder, oh, will they come back home someday? I'm lonesome for my precious children. They live so far Welcome back to Church Matters. We have with us today Elsie Rempel, 
Director of Christian Education and Nurture for Mennonite Church Canada. Thanks for coming to speak with us, Elsie. Thank you for inviting me. Elsie, tell me, do children really want to participate in this traditionally adult ritual of communion? That's hard to know. Some do. But so many of our children have gotten used to being quiet, staying busy with quiet activities while the service is going on. When I see that, I worry. Have they picked up the unspoken message that worship isn't for them? If that's true, it's sad. But kids that have picked up that message probably don't really mind when the communion tray passes them by. On the other hand, I know of some children who are, have gotten used to receiving communion, and it really becomes important to them. Even the first time. This happened at Home Street Mennonite just recently that they had a Passover theme and children were included in receiving unleavened bread. And the buzz in our office the next morning from the parents of those children, how much this had meant to them and to their children to be included was was quite something. And in my congregation, um, a family has just joined from United Church background. Those children were used to receiving communion and didn't know why suddenly they couldn't. They loved Jesus. Now why could they suddenly not participate at his table? So for children like that, it's hard. They're getting used to not receiving elements and that it's different in our church, but they miss it. Elsie, Mennonites don't do infant baptism, but we have an alternative ritual that we call child dedication. Now, are there some logical yet faithful alternatives that could help us include children in communion in a similar kind of way? There sure are. First of all, we need to remember that churches that practice infant baptism are including children almost all of the time by now. But we don't do infant baptism, and we don't do infant baptism for some really good reasons. One of them is that we believe the church is made up of people who have freely chosen Jesus and his church as the center of their adult lives. That's the understanding that we bring into broader church conversations. But since our beginnings in the Protestant Reformation, we have conducted child dedication services, which have a lot of parallels to infant baptism. When we have these ceremonies, we promise to support the family, we dedicate the child to God, and agree that we will help to raise this child in the life of the church. In an infant baptism, the same promises are made, and then the child is encouraged to live into their baptism. On the other hand, we encourage the child to prepare for their baptism and make that as a free choice as they grow up. Secondly, when we celebrate communion, all of us, whether we practice infant baptism or adult baptism, remember and give thanks for the great gift of salvation that was made possible by Jesus' death and resurrection, and we renew our baptismal promises to Christ and his church. But in a Mennonite church, the renewal of baptismal vows isn't something that we can expect of our unbaptized children and youth, and so we haven't invited them to participate at the Lord's table. But we could, And many Mennonite churches are developing these alternative rituals that include children as people who are on their way toward their baptism, much like we have our child dedication services. Some ways that Mennonite churches are doing this is by uh, offering them touch and words of blessing, different foods such as crackers and grapes. Maybe we could offer them wheat kernels because wheat hasn't become bread yet. Elsie, your response makes me think about when there are visiting people in a congregation 
what for congregations and pastors who don't know perhaps how to include visitors or or adults who have not yet chosen baptism what what can we be doing there oh i think there's a lot we can do and and it's quite similar to what we can do with children uh one of the people I, I've read and I'm really struck by, uh, impressed by, Catherine Stonehouse, who's a Christian ed prof at Asbury Theological Seminary, writes that wherever we are on our journey of faith, God has a place for us. And her wherever includes people in all life stages before we're ready to freely choose Jesus as the center of our lives in a mature way. So with this idea in my head, I started thinking about faith novices rather than children participating at the Lord's table. Novices is a term that's often used for people who are preparing to enter a religious order. And so I thought that could be a good term for people who are on a journey toward joining the church through baptism. And as I checked around, I found out that this was happening. For instance, the Sherbrooke Mennonite Church in Vancouver offered crackers alongside of the communion bread for all unbaptized people. And several adults who have come to worship in that congregation were led to request baptism because of the hospitable way they were recognized for being on the spiritual journey. You've done a lot of thinking about this topic, Elsie. Give us some of the biblical basis for including children in communion. In Matthew 18, the passage you read earlier, I think Jesus must have really surprised his disciples by encouraging them to learn from children and to welcome them. I mean, children were really on the margins in that society. Just imagine their shock when he invited a child into their midst and said, when you welcome one of these children because of me, you welcome me. If Jesus found ways of including children in that serious adult conversation on who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, I hope his church can also find ways of including them at his table. There's another familiar passage about Jesus and children where Jesus makes a point of taking those children on his lap and blessing them when the disciples are trying to send them away. Now, if the church is the body of Christ, it needs to act like the body of Christ. It needs to act like Jesus. These two passages show us how Jesus acted to include children in a society that wasn't child-friendly. But we are. We think of ourselves as very child-friendly. And today our children face new other significant challenges. So if we are child-friendly followers of Jesus, we need to find ways of holding children on the body of Christ's lap when we worship. And this includes when we worship around his table. If we recognize this Jesus, who made a point of taking children onto his lap as the host of this very special meal, then his example in treating children with respect and including them will help us find appropriate ways of including them around the communion table, too. Okay, so what about our Anabaptist and Mennonite history? Is there anything we can learn from our spiritual forebears? Oh, there are many things we can learn from them. From Menno Simons and Dirk Phillips, two of the, the Dutch big leaders, we learn and reaffirm that children are saved, holy and pure, pleasing to God under the covenant and in his church. And they are already washed and baptized with the blood of Jesus Christ, which saves their souls, although the sign of baptism they shall receive at the appointed time, on the confession of their faith. This quote that both of them affirm helps us appreciate how children are part of the church, even though they're not baptized members. 
the historical Anabaptists, in keeping with their spiritual ancestors way back to the early church, believed it was important to keep baptism, communion, and membership closely connected. I agree with them. I respect the wisdom of that tradition. And that's why it's so important for children and other faith novices to participate at that novice level, knowing that their way of participating in communion is part of their journey toward a mature and freely made choice of Jesus and his church as the center of their adult lives. And then finally, there's that invitation to suffer. Jesus' invitation to belong is always matched with his challenge to be willing to take up our cross. As a mother and grandmother, I wonder what that will mean for our children. But I do have faith that the blessings that have sustained us in the past will be there to sustain them too. Thank you, Elsie. This has been very interesting. Oh, thank you. It's been a real privilege. Our time is up for today. We welcome your comments and feedback on the topic of including children in communion. Email us at office at mennonitechurch.ca or call 1-866-888-6785. Our trial year for this program is drawing to a close. If you are enjoying Church Matters and would like to see it continue, please let us know. Again, you can call us at 1-866-888-6785 or email office at mennonitechurch.ca with your comments, concerns, and suggestions. In the meantime, we invite prayerful and financial support for the many ministries of Mennonite Church Canada. Mail your gift to Mennonite Church Canada, 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. Please write Church Matters on the envelope. My name is Dan Dick. And I'm Janet Plennert. You've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world. Tune in again at this same time on the third Sunday of the month to hear more about the many ways that the church matters. Thanks for joining us. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.